social media platforms Facebook Instagram and Twitter For tithes and offerings please use the mobile money and account number on your screen Covenant Nations Church for the kingdom Amen? 
seen with Kamboja break out in your home, break out in your community, break out in your organization if you are working in an, in an, in an institution or an office or in your business. There is a capacity for his glory to, 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 to be transferred or to be carried. Um, Isaiah 60, which we uh, was up there. Okay, let's read it from the top. Rise and shine. For your light, okay, we don't have to read all the amplified. Shine, for your light has come. Let's go down, verse 2. For behold, and dense darkness is the peoples, but the Lord shall rise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. God's light shall be seen, God's glory shall be seen. Where will that glory be seen? on you, on me, that when people see you and me, and when people are within our sphere of influence, when they come into your life, when they, when they encounter you, their lives should be radically changed. They should have, because they have encountered you, they should be able to encounter the glory of God. He doesn't say in Isaiah, God's life will arise upon the, the church building or God's light will arise upon this, you know, um, institute. He says, God's light is arising upon you and his glory shall be seen in you and through you. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says, let your light shine that men shall see, men meaning the world, will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That, that, that command or that call to let your light shine just means that there can be a way that you don't let your light shine or that you hide your light. So God is saying here, Jesus is saying, let your light shine. Don't stop your light from shining. Don't let your light, don't put your light under a bushel or under uh, something that doesn't allow it to shine. So how does that happen? How, practically speaking, how does that, how do we see that? I want to just show you two examples from the, one from the Old and New Testament and one from the New Testament. Look at uh, 2 Kings chapter 2. And the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, it happened. And the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, inhabiting this city is pleasant, but as my Lord sees, the water is bad, and the, lo the, lo the locality causes miscarriage and barrenness. He said, he said, Elisha said, bring me a new bowl and put salt, a symbol of God's purification in it. And they brought it to him. Then Elisha went to the spring of the waters and cast the salt in it and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be any more death, any miscarriage, or barrenness because of it. So the waters were healed to this day, as Elisha said. So Elisha comes into a city, and the people in the city tell him what is the problem 
the city. They say the water is bad and it's causing death or sickness or barrenness. That means nothing is happening, nothing is producing, the animals are not producing, there's no multiplication, there's no productivity, it's just dead, it's a dead city. And they know that it's the water that is causing that. So Elisha comes in now as a carrier of the glory of God. Elisha comes into the city as a vessel. And Elisha, under really the leading of the Holy Spirit, gets so poured it in the, in, in the waters. And he says, thus says the Lord. So he had a word from the Lord about that city. And he says, I have healed these waters. There shall not be any more death, any more miscarriage, or any more barrenness because of it. And the Bible says, so the waters were healed. Exactly as Elisha said. So what if the Lord had sent you or me into that city? Are we together? Because sometimes we, we distance ourselves from the stories and we look, we think, oh, that's Elisha, that's Elijah, that's Moses, that's so-and-so, that's Jesus. But it couldn't be me. But I want to tell you today that God sends each of us into a city or into a family or into an organization or into a school and that he will show you the problems in that place. Are we together? Maybe it's a family problem, maybe it's a marriage problem, maybe it's something with the children, maybe it's something in the school. He will show you what are the problems in that place. And he has sent you to that, to that place, not to run away from it, not to hide from it, not to, to explain why it's so difficult that it can't be done, but to heal that situation. Are we together? God sent Elisha to go to the city. Elisha, after he, he, he went there and he was confronted with this problem, a big problem, there was nothing happening in the city, there was nothing being produced in the city, there was death, a spirit of death, but Elisha didn't say, oh my goodness, this problem is too big for me, I can't handle it. Because he recognized that it was not about him, it was about who he was representing.
for him to use you. That's the beginning and the end of it. Because the power is his, the glory is his, the anointing is his, the Holy Spirit is his, the, 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 the re everything, he provides everything. But what he cannot provide is the willingness to do it. Just like the story I was sharing with you about this friend of ours, Arthur. God would only meet him at the place of his willingness. So Elisha comes in to this situation and it changes. How many situations do we come into and they're, and they're changed and they're healed? Or how many situations do we come into and we're completely overwhelmed and we, we back out? Are we together? I'll give you another example. Acts chapter 9. Very quickly. Book of Acts chapter 9, verse 32. No, it's talking about Peter, sorry. Now, as Peter went here and there among them, all he went all went down also to the saints who lived at Lid at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who had been bedfast for eight years and was paralyzed. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Get up and make your bed. And immediately, and immediately he stood up, Aeneas stood up. Then all the inhabitants of Lydda and all the plain of Sharon saw what had happened and they turned to what happened? When they saw what happened, they turned to they didn't turn to Peter, they turned to Now there was a dropper, a disciple, a woman named Tabitha which means Dorcas. She was abounding in good deeds and acts of charity. About that time she fell sick and died. When they had cleansed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Dropa, the disciples hearing that Jesus, that Peter was there, sent two men to him begging, do come to us without delay. So Peter rose and accompanied them. And when he had arrived, they took him to the upper room. And the widow stood around him crying and displaying the undershirts and other garments such as Dorcas was accustomed to make. But Peter put them all out and he knelt down and prayed. Then turning to the body he said, Tabitha get up. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she raised herself up and sat upright. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. Then calling in God's people, he presented her to them alive. Amen. And this became known throughout all of the city. And many came to believe on who? On the Lord. Because of Peter. Because of his because of his confrontation with the situation. It's exactly the same as Elisha. God sends him into a situation where there is death, where there is barrenness, where there is sickness. And it can be a physical thing, like this situation. It can be a, a, a spiritual thing. It can be an emotional thing. But God will always send his people into a place where there is pain or where there is a problem for them to solve it. He doesn't send you to a place where everything is fine. Are we together? Because there is no need for you there. There is nothing that Jesus said, I have come for those who are what? Who are sick. Not for those who are okay. Because those who are fine don't need a doctor. They don't need medicine. They don't need... 
So when we see the problem, so many times we see the problem and we think, oh God, God is not with me. If he was with me, I wouldn't have this problem. Why doesn't he fix the problem? But God has sent you there to be the one to fix the, the problem. Are we together? God in his sovereignty has chosen that he will only work through his people. So when he wants to fix a problem, he's going to look for someone to send. Are we together? Yes. He's going to look for who can I send to this situation. But then when he sends us to the situation and we see all the problems, we become overwhelmed and we say, oh no, I, this is too much. This cannot possibly be God. You know, God should really deal with the problem and we pray, God, deal with the problem, God, deal with the problem. But God has sent you there to deal with the problem. And when you deal with the problem, when you confront it, as Elisha confronted it, as Peter confronted it, when it changes, or when there is healing, as there was healing, when there is restoration, when there is deliverance, what happens? It gives glory to who? To God. That's what he said, let your lights shine so that people will see your works and glorify your, your Father who is in heaven. Now, I just want to close with, 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 with this. Peter and Elisha knew that the glory was not theirs. They knew that they were carriers. Something was put inside of them. Wherever they go, they, 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 they deposit it. Wherever they go, they, they, they offload it. As they offload it, they are, they are filled with more. But they are just, they are carriers. That it's not them, it's who they are carrying. Now, one of the, the greatest things that comes against people who are used of God, or organizations, or anything that is used of God in a mighty way, even nations, it is to forget that the glory is not yours. You are simply a carrier. You are simply a vehicle. You didn't put the glory in. You didn't. You didn't. You had nothing to do with it. All you had to do with was to say, "I am. I am available. I am open to being used." In the Bible, there are so many examples of people that God anointed and chose and, and set apart. But when they forgot that the glory was not there, and they began to think that it was them. That glory left them, or the Spirit of God left them. An example in the Bible is of Saul. And Saul was somebody who was really uh, the first king, the first king of, of, of Israel, and he had this great anointing and, 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 and call. And, but somewhere along the way, Saul forgot that it was. God who had anointed him, and he began to think that it was him, that it was all about him. And when he completely lost sight of God, the Bible says that God's spirit left him, and an evil spirit came and started tormenting him. One of the, the, the greatest things that comes against God's people, and people who are used even in a mighty way, is when we, when we forget and we begin to think that it's about you or it's about me. 
just close with a, with a, with a short story. In the book of Matthew, um, chapter 21, it talks about when Jesus was coming into the city, coming into Jerusalem, a day that we call Palm Sunday. And Jesus coming into the, to, to the city and the, the people got, uh, the disciples got a donkey or a colt which had never been ridden on and they put, you know, clothes on it and Jesus sat on that donkey. Now that donkey could have been like the most unknown donkey ever, like the most obscure, insignificant, nothing donkey on the face of the earth. But the moment Jesus sat on the donkey, it suddenly became the most important donkey. Because people started opening the way for the donkey. And they started putting palm branches down that the donkey should walk on top of it. And started putting their clothes down on the ground so that the, that the donkey should walk on the clothes of, of people. And just imagine that donkey probably had never had people put palm branches down and people put clothes down for him to, for it to walk on. Had never happened before that, it was just a regular obscure donkey. But because Jesus sat on the donkey, suddenly that donkey, the whole city of Jerusalem comes to a standstill and people are making way and they are putting palm branches down and the donkey is walking on the clothes. Imagine the clothes, you take off your jacket, you put your, your jacket down so that the donkey can walk on the jacket. And the donkey makes its way all the way into the, the, the city, into the, the heart of the city. And if that donkey started to think, wow, look at this, huh? look at so that's a that's a that's a prince who's putting his clothes down, his shirt down for you, or his jacket down, or that's the head of the, the church, whatever, or that's the, 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 the governor of this, or that's the so-and-so, and that's the wealthiest person, and that's the and they're putting their, their jackets down for me. And maybe there's something about me that is different and special. Maybe I am the most special donkey that has ever walked the face of the earth. But the moment Jesus got off the donkey, that was the last we heard of the donkey. It was completely forgotten. It went back to being the same regular donkey that it had always been. And the story continues. Because it wasn't about the donkey. It was about who was riding on the donkey. Amen. Amen. Now I'm not saying that we're donkeys. We're not donkeys. We're sons and, and we're daughters. Yes. We're friends of God. We're children of the King. But we must never forget, and this is the greatest, I think the great, one of the greatest traps that the enemy brings into the lives of, of, of people that are used of God, is that when God takes them to a certain level, and God has raised them up and there is this glory and there is this manifestation and to, to mistake it and to begin to think, oh it's, it's about me, maybe there's something great about me. Imagine Peter, he has gone into this hopeless situation, he prays and someone is raised from the dead. If Peter didn't have a clear understanding that it's not about, it's not about him, he didn't raise that person from the dead, it is the power that he's carrying, the 
Jesus who is within him that raised, Peter could have started to think, wow, I have the power to raise people from the dead. Are we together? The greater, one of the greatest traps that the enemy uses is for people to totally lose sight of God and to begin to look at his gift. And that gift can be any blessing that God has put in your life. It can be um, your family, it can be your children. You lose sight of God and you begin to look at your children. Everything is about the children. It can be about your, 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 your spouse. It can be about your job. It can be about your education. Everything is about the, your, your degree and, and what you've achieved. And it can be about the money. And many times when God blesses people financially, they lose sight of God. And it now becomes about the things that He has given them. They completely forget who gave them, who is the giver. And it becomes about the, the gifts. Even nations can lose sight, can forget. The Bible says in, 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 in Deuteronomy that when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and dwell in them, and when everything that all your desires are fulfilled, do not forget that it is the Lord. It is the Lord who has done this. Don't forget. And in our society today, I believe that people are beginning to forget. Everything is about, you know, a, a, a complete pursuit of, of, of endless, endless and, and it's like you can never be satisfied. You get this, you want that. You get that, you want that. You get this, like you never, there's no contentment, there's no place where you are full. And there's no place where you feel, I am satisfied and I, and I thank God for what He has done. Everything is an endless pursuit for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. That is when we have lost sight. And we're now just pursuing things. And the Bible says that God's Spirit left Saul and an evil spirit came and took its place. Because in the spiritual dynamics there is no vacuum. If God leaves, something else comes in. So my, really what's on my heart, really even for our nation, is to say, can we, can we recognize that God wants to even use our nation to, in a greater way? God wants to use us to be a carriers of His glory, to, to continue to be carriers of His glory. But let us not forget that it's Him. Because if we forget that it's Him, if He gets off, we become like that donkey that is, just fades away to obscurity. We're going to pray. I just want you to take a moment. I want you to think about whatever it is that the Lord is dealing with you about in your life. And whatever you have made, or I have made, or we have made, or even our nation, our society has made, an idol. Because I believe that God wants to, to use Uganda, we're, we're, we're in a season of transition. And the Lord is taking us from one level of glory to another. But the degree of His glory that He can manifest really depends on our ability to receive from Him and to release it. He has not called us to be hoarders, to hoard, but to be channels, to be um, like a pipeline.
right. That what comes in, goes out. What comes in, it goes out. When we become hoarders, we, we completely lose, we, 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 our, our, our function is abused. So I just want you to take a moment just to pray and speak to the Lord for yourself. Maybe he's been dealing with you about something. God didn't call us to be comfortable. I don't think that the cross was comfortable. But he called us to run a race. And that race is of his choosing. So whatever that race is for you, it could be in your home, it could be in your family, it could be in the world, wherever it is, wherever that he has given you that influence. I pray that you would not choose what is convenient, you would not choose what is easy. You would choose to be 100% sold out. And the second thing is if you feel convicted that there are areas in your life that you have lost sight of God, I want you to come to the front and I want to pray for you. If you feel that again, if there's an area in your life where you've never made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to come to the front. I want you to pray for you. I'm going to ask our ushers to, to come to the front. I'm going to ask the choir to come and lead us to worship.
Lord. I am who you say I am. Sing it out. 